Welcome to the Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. We are your hosts. I'm Emily Valentine from Stommy Tactical. And hey, everyone. I'm Amy Robbins from Alexa Athletica. We are Your Average Gun Girls and want to bring you a podcast that mirrors the way we live our lives. We are self-reliant, stylish, and eager to inspire women to feel confident in defending themselves while also staying true to their lifestyle. We'll be talking all things from concealed carry to our favorite lipstick and everything in between. This podcast is intended to support and empower women. We want you to be armed with the right tools and education to be self-reliant and prepared to act in your own self-defense. This episode is brought to you by Guardian Nation. Guardian Nation is the community for devoted gun people focused on guarding themselves, their families, homes, and communities. We hope that you'll check it out and consider joining. Whether it be for the monthly training and drill videos, discounts on products in their store, the monthly Guardian Nation Live broadcast with top industry professionals, or the quarterly box of hand-picked Guardian gear, there's something for everyone in becoming a member of Guardian Nation. Check it out at GuardianNation.com. How are you, Amy? Here we are, another day, another week. Hey, 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 Emily. (laughs) What's going on, Em? Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Got any big plans tonight? You got any big plans tonight for Halloween? No, I'm being real lame this year, not dressing up, you know, just kind of staying in and, and working and all that. You know, when you have a side hustle, it never ends. It does. It never ends. I'm thinking I, of. Uh, I'm thinking of being an average gun girl to tonight for <laughs> for Halloween. What have Which, you dressed up as in the past? Uh oh, man. Um, let's see. I have been a part of a bug collection one year, and Drew was the <laughs> was the bug catcher. I have done the you know the pretty stereotypical uh like characters i've been like the cheshire cat that i had to create my own dress and leggings and i actually like made my own costume for that one which was pretty fun yeah those Um, are always the best yeah uh gosh i i don't know you know the last couple of years i have just kind of boycotted halloween altogether and it just takes too much effort at this age it's too much effort it is a lot of effort and i like it being so short on time, I just like, there's something's got to give. And for me, it's Halloween. I'm like, I just can't do it. <laughs> like, we used to have like really good and like fun, elaborate Halloween parties that we would host. And it's just like, I, I can't do that right now. I don't have time. I can't do that. I kind of want to know though, like what everybody is going to be for Halloween. That'd be kind of a fun post. Send us your pictures. Send us when you dress up, DM us, tag us, not your average gun girls. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Laura Croft Tomb Raiders out there. Oh, I'm yeah. sure there's going to be, um, you know, I was thinking about that, like famous gun girl costumes what you could dress up as annie oakley police officer police officer um yeah annie oakley i almost said that too. <laughs> um yeah i don't know god that's terrible i don't know it's always laura croft i always default to like laura croft i'm like i'm gonna be tomb raider one year and then it just never happens I dressed up as Jem one year. Maybe I could I could redress up as Jem. Oh, and then I love Jem. Jem and the holographs or holograms, holograms or whatever. Holograms, yeah, Jem, that one. <laughs> I used to love that show in the 80s. It's great. So fun. Okay, I am so excited to talk about this issue and or Me this episode too. today because we have had some really exciting things happen over the past week. Something that both you and I were involved in, but not just you and I actually hundreds of people in the firearm community in this two-way movement um, that were a part of a really big, big project that was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so Time Magazine, 
girl. You're on the cover of Time Magazine. <laughs> the issue's out right now. That's crazy. Maybe you've been, if you've been following us on Instagram or on Facebook, or you follow people that are in the firearm community, maybe you've been seeing what's been going on. Uh, we'll give you a quick little background on, on what's happened right now, because I think this is such a relevant topic going on in our country. We, we try to keep politics out of mm -hmm. not your average gun girls, because we truly believe that the second amendment is for all of us. It doesn't right. matter what side of the political spectrum you fall on. The second amendment protects each and every one of us. It's what gives us the right to defend and protect ourselves. And so, but at the same time, the whole conversation around guns has been extremely divisive in this country. It seems like nowadays we can't talk about anything, any political subject, any subject for that matter, that people have very heartfelt convictions and beliefs on, no matter what side they fall on, that we can't do it in a civil way. No, not at all. And the gun issue is definitely no exception to that rule because we have seen it be very divisive among friends, very divisive. Yes. Among, <laughs> I've lost a lot of friends, family members. Um, you know, there's people that I know that can't even tell their family members that they are pro gun because it honestly could cause a serious divide within the family. I know. And that's just so, it's so unfortunate that that something like that has to be kept hidden or not talked about. Yeah. And so I am so thankful. Time, re well, time actually reached out to you first mm -hmm. and you gave them my name, yep. which thank you for that because I thought this was, and you know, I am always very, very skeptical when I get calls from anybody in the media. I've been doing with my time on NRA TV. I got a lot of exposure to dealing with people in the mainstream media very quickly and I'm very skeptical of it. So especially when they want to do a piece on firearms, I, I just don't trust how they're going to edit the story. I don't know if they're going to edit down what I say. I don't right. know what they're going to do with it. And But at the same time, I never want to shy away from speaking what I believe about the Second Amendment because I think it's so important. And I think that this women's empowerment movement that is taking place right now is such a vital part of the conversation of our country mm -hmm. that we, we can't talk about it without talking about the Second Amendment. So it's, sometimes it's a risk I'm willing to take. And it just so happened that with the time when time called, I got a little bit more background and information on the project. And I was like, okay, I think this is something that I want to be a part of. Right. I mean, really and cool. that's what we always have to do when, when, you know, mainstream media or any other outlet really reaches out and wants to kind of talk to us on our position or, or mm -hmm. why we created or doing what we're doing. It's always a little skepticism that we have to say, okay, well, what, what, what angle are you actually trying to play? Sure. So I'm going to read really quick. If you were to go to time.com right now, you, this is what's going to pop up on your front screen and then we'll dive in and talk about like what is going on with this article and why we think it is so important and why we're so excited to be a part of it. But it says 325 million people, more than 265 million guns, 35,000 deaths a year and one 227 year old constitutional right. Well, to tell this uniquely American story, Time partnered with JR, the artist and photographer known in part for his murals around the world that portray communities in all their complexity. In three U.S. cities profoundly affected by guns, Dallas, St. Louis, and Washington, D.C., we invited people to share their views and describe their experience in a search for common ground. In all, JR filmed and photographed 245 people, hunters and activists, teachers and police officers, parents and children, to create this mural for Time's November 5th, 2018 cover. What a feat. <laughs> I believe like it took, they so JR, the, the artist, is from Paris, for those that don't know, and, and a little bit of, of his background for why he wanted to 
do this type of, of story for the cover time was that, you know, for, he lives in Paris and I believe he said they don't, you know, they, they don't have guns in Paris. Well, okay, yes, they that's have not guns. true. France has a very high hunting not. culture. So I don't know what he's talking about, but yes. <laughs> not as the way the world sees, you know, America with our guns and how they all play it. But he wanted to start that conversation and kind of learn, like he did an interview or uh, talking about this on one of the, um, morning shows and he and I really liked what he said because he said he wanted he didn't he didn't understand it so the best way for him to get an idea and and really understand that this culture was to talk in to to all the different types of people to really get an understanding of where we're coming from and why we believe what we believe and I just thought you know that's really the mentality that people need to have it's not just so much I don't like that. So my way is right. My thinking is right. It's let's listen to everybody. Let's hear everyone's story. And I think that that was accomplished um, really well with this. hundred, yeah. They did. It took them five months to do this whole story and cover. They went to three cities, St. Louis, D.C., and Dallas, and they reached out to 245 people that were pro-gun, anti-gun, activists, you know, survivors, anyone who basically had some kind of impact or voice uh, regarding how they felt uh, like with guns or, or anything like that. And then put this interactive mural up on their site. But I think the actual Time Magazine cover is, is just print, but what the neat aspect of it is, is that on their website, you can click on people's um, the images in that mural and you can listen to their full unedited talk regarding why it's important, um, why guns are an issue to them. And it's, it's really impactful and empowering to listen to everyone's stories. I haven't, I don't even think I've gotten through a quarter of everyone's. Oh, no. I mean, it's, it's amazing. They did. It is. They did a really good job. I know like what we were saying in the beginning, um, just about you never know how they're going to cut and edit. And I know that when you and I were talking about uh, going to meet with them, we we're like, well, are we going to record this? What if, what if what we say, they end up, you know, twisting and things like that. But in that recording that I like, the, it's exactly what I said. Oh they yeah. No, they didn't cut. They didn't edit. And that is very unusual, very unusual for media, um, outlets to to do that because they as you will notice they like to control the narrative a lot Mm -hmm. on both sides of of where it's going and so that was something that was really important to me when they told me that they weren't going to be editing any of it I was like thank god because this helps me see that they really are going to give this a fair and balanced shot which is what I was really Mm -hmm. really happy about and I have to be completely honest I was very as you start going through these stories um I really kind of expected them to highlight one side more than the other. And I really expected them to highlight the side where death and violence was kind of the highlight of what they wanted to focus and people being anti-gun and pushing an agenda. And I did not get that at all. I actually went to the featured stories and I started making my way through the featured stories. So Mm -hmm. the, the stories that Time Magazine picked as the important voices to really be heard and to be featured. And they were very fair with it. They even played a story about the young woman who survived a domestic violence with yep. an ex-boyfriend and lost a leg due to this domestic violence dispute with a shotgun. And yet she is still very pro-firearm and pro-Second Amendment. And her, her point was, 
if I would have had a gun, maybe this outcome would have been very different. You do not hear that in the mainstream media. They never give those stories any time of day. They will never see the light of day. And yet Time put that as one of their featured stories right next to hearing the story about someone that survived the Virginia Tech shootings. Right. And so it was, it to me, what I thought was so awesome about it was that we really, people on both sides are very passionate I, was, I started getting chills and I was kind of tearing mm-hmm. up a little bit when I was listening to these stories because I'm like, look, both sides are extremely passionate about what they believe. And the fact that time is trying to get us to all come together and have a conversation. I don't think at the end of the day, hearing as many anti-gun stories as I could possibly hear is never going to take away my true heartfelt belief that the Second Amendment has to be protected at all costs, you know, and I have very deep-rooted, passionate beliefs about that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then again, the way I believe might not ever change anybody else's opinion. But at the end of the day, we can still come together and have a civil conversation about this. And we need to be able to get back to a place in our country where, where we can do that again. Where well, right, I think that's that's what's missing is the mm-hmm. civil, civil part. We can't have those civil conversations anymore. And what I liked about you know these these stories and what you're saying about how we will never we never hear the full story. We never get to just hear what the person has to say because when it is finally broadcasted on some type of media outlet, it's cut and it's chopped and they they leave out a key piece, you know, because they only want to sell whatever their narrative is for for sure. whatever that topic is mm-hmm. and it's just it's refreshing to be able to hear you know from beginning to end the impact of how guns are are impacting the people and what they're doing about it without being sort of sold what you should be thinking because i yeah. think that's what everyone is being being told now is you should like this you should hate that and this is the whole point of this is to start that conversation and it needs to be civil and it needs to say, Hey, it's okay that I like guns and it's okay that you don't, but these are the reasons why. Sure. I well, that I need to have them or, or don't need to have them. So here's a really, really cool thing. So Emily was talking about, if you go to time.com right now, um, it's going to be the feature story that pops up. It's just that it, it basically, you can unfold the mural if you were to go buy the print copy, which I got to go buy my print copy, but you can unfold the mural and you can see the entire thing. And if, if you really want to play Where's Waldo with right. time cover, you can go in and you can find Emily's in there, um, Antonio Okafor, Maj Trey, Diana Mueller, uh, Robin Sandoval Gabby. from A Girl in a Gun. Uh, Gabby Franco. Gabby Franco's in there. Um, there's a few. Mia Farinelli, is that her name? Mira, she's a young young um, competitive shooter competitive shooter they had a lot i loved that they focused on the young kids they had several young young women that were in there that were hunters competitive mm-hmm. shooters um i'm over on the very far right down there and i was a little i was a little nervous because the process of what this was they actually put each and every single person up against a green screen and to take your picture to take your photo so how they created this was all of us went in individually got our picture taken in front of a green screen. So, you know, anytime there's a green screen involved, that means they can put you in any scenario they want to. They can edit it however they want to. And I was like, oh, this is not going to turn out good because they had me drawing. They, they did a story on Alexo and they had me drawing from the holster. And I'm like, 
I mean, this looks great. I'm being very safe. Obviously, I'm practicing all my safety techniques and all this, but you never know what they're what kind of situation they're going to put me in. And right. I was very, very thankful to JR for doing what he actually said he was going to do. And um, he didn't ever make it look like anybody was shooting somebody. He had firearms pointing in the safe direction. He didn't make him look in a violent way. He just did it very beautifully, very, mm-hmm. such an artistic way. Um, so anyway, so we went in, we shot in front of a green screen and then they pulled each of us aside and had us go in and just tell our story and talk. And some people talked for 15, 20 minutes. Some people talked for 20 seconds and it was really cool. So if you go to the online, um, if you want to go look at the online version right now, you can scroll over each person's face and their story will pop up. And there's 245 of those stories. So, so they've got the interactive version. And then right now, they actually put the life-size mural up in New York City, which is so stinking cool. I mean, mm-hmm, talk about sure. a, a, a place for ideas and conversation to be started. Uh, they put this on a wall on a very busy street in New York City. Especially and in New York City, which is... exact, Very, very... Um, anti Anti-gun. I, I mean, not everybody there is anti-gun. Not, not... You know, not the people. The people. Yes, but the, right. the state itself is a very restrictive state. So then... Outside of all of that, they're actually taking this interactive model and putting it in museums all across the country. Yeah, they're doing they're doing a, a tour for the next few weeks. So, you know, you can see it in, I believe it's like in Boston, D.C., New Orleans, Detroit, and in Dallas, uh, you can go. I believe you, if you go to Time's website, there's an events page. You can go and you'll need to RSVP, but you can, it's free. You can go check out the mural in person and I'm sure... Like, I know that I'm going to go to the one in D.C. You're going to go to the one in Definitely Dallas. Definitely. Sure. I'm trying to get out. We're trying to get out to New York so we yeah. can go take our picture in front of the actual mural because how cool is that? I mean, I don't think I'll ever make it on the cover of Time magazine ever again <laughs> in my life. Uh, so I might as well go take advantage of it right now and go get our picture in front of the mural. Well, but I... I Sorry, go ahead. No, keep going. I was going to say what's interesting, though, is like you were talking about your experience of being um going into the time i would call it the interview you know and so what was interesting is that in dc when they did it we were specifically told we weren't allowed to bring any of our guns i couldn't carry or anything like that which i was so y'all couldn't take a picture with your gun no no guns were allowed in in the the hotel where they were doing the interviewing of all the oh wow and I was like, well, I think that's odd because they had said that like the gun, the hotel didn't technically allow allow guns. And I'm like, well, there are no signs. I know this hotel, but you know, I'm going to respect the wishes of I'm going to meet these people. They have, you know, they said no guns, so fine, no guns, whatever. Hmm. Um, but then it was interesting when I saw afterwards, like on the stories, that like you had your gun and Tony Ham like, oh, so in Texas, they're allowing the guns. I wonder, uh, I wonder what the difference was with why I couldn't, we couldn't in, at, at DC bring our guns, but other hmm. states they allowed. But then I don't know if since seeing it being published, I noticed that um, like the mayor was also in the, I was going to ask you that. I wonder if, a, if political figures uh, were there and you just Khalif couldn't have was them. also involved. Right. And I just didn't know that, which is fine, yeah. but it was just interesting to, <laughs> to see how they're build they were they working on this project and like some cities you could bring and then others you couldn't win the the whole topic was guns in America and they're, they're there to represent oh, yeah. like both sides. Girl, uh, you should have seen everyone walking in in Texas. Everyone had like a gun under this arm, a gun under this. Which gun am I going to use? I mean, like oh, it was, you know, thank God I had just 
gotten my Alexo Glock and I'm like, that's the one. I don't have to try to bring in five of my guns. Which gun am I going to use? That would be like hashtag like uh, USA problems. I don't know. <laughs> America problems. Yes, first world, first world problems first world. for sure. Um, absolutely. But no, I mean, it was really cool. Obviously they made, we couldn't, nobody could bring in live ammo into the, into the actual interview place. The, they had, I think he was a cop. He wasn't dressed like a cop, but he, I think he was a cop and he was checking everybody's firearms to make sure that, you know, they weren't loaded or anything like that. And the level of, safety that was being taken into consideration while on set. I mean, every single person that was pro-gun that was there doing their shoot, every single one of them would be like, okay, whoa, whoa, nope. Because the the photographer obviously has never been around firearms. So, and neither had any of the staff from Time Magazine. I mean, we're talking about all these people from New York who just don't have experience with them. You know, that's just the culture that they live in and that's fine. And so they would be like walking in front of, try to walk in front of somebody while they were shooting their gun. And every pro-gun person that had their firearm would instantly put it in a safe position. They all were practicing trigger discipline. I was like, I am not drawing my gun because they wanted some people like in front of, I was like, "Mm -mm, I can't, like you need to move over. I need to determine what a safe position is and a safe direction. And so I hope that 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 um, made an impact on these people, you know, because really when people take time to truly get around these pro second amendment men and women who live and breathe this day in and day out, you know, they, um, they do take safety. That is their number one priority. We want to be safe, responsible gun owners. And I don't know if these people who are very anti-gun, who have never been around firearms before see us that way. So it was really interesting to get to share that perspective, to actually put that in action and show them. And then when we sat down and had our conversations, I think my interview lasted about six minutes. When I got done and he pressed in, then we actually had a, like a 35-minute conversation about everything else, you know, that I didn't get. I was like, well, why yeah, don't we just record that and put that right. in there, you know? Because I think, too, that was like was starting to pique some of the interest of... I don't know. I can't remember what his name is, but the guy who was uh, conducting the um, audio portion mm-hmm. uh, of, the, of the piece, like he just was like, hey, come in, sit down and just kind of tell your story. And then after we were done, he, he himself, I think just had like, he was inquisitive about sort of, you know, very, and, so we, and, and we had the, you know, a, a more, I wouldn't say an honest conversation, but just being a little bit more casual and just kind of talking about it. But yeah, I agree. Like I'm like that, that some of that stuff would have probably been, been good to uh, record as well. But in that one of the um, interviews that I saw JR do, he had mentioned that during some of those audio pieces, people had, there were some people, I, I don't know who had said he didn't, they didn't want to, I guess, in those like post audio, I guess, conversations have any of that included because going back to what we were saying in the beginning, like some people who can't really stand up and say, I truly strongly believe in the second amendment, like this might hurt my career. This is going to hurt some, you know, some part of my life that I just can't have put out there. And I'm like, okay, I mean, to to each his own. But I think that was interesting that um, you got to hear, it just goes to show you the types of stories and people that are, were part of this. I mean, 245 people, that's a decent amount of people that is. And they did, they actually picked, I was really proud of all of the people that they picked on the pro second amendment side and the pro gun side. They didn't go out and just pull any Joe Blow off the street. You know, they, they actually picked very prominent people who are influential within this movement 
to, to speak their side. And that doesn't happen. You know, usually those people who are out there speaking for us and that are out in the forefront, they don't get the limelight when it comes to mainstream media because right. they're so well-spoken and because they really do have well-thought-out logical points to all of this. And so the people who are representing the Second Amendment community, you all can be very, very proud of that because these are legit people. I called Diana Mueller. She was actually there at the premiere when they unveiled this at, I think it was in Chelsea. They had an art gallery in Chelsea to do the the premiere. And then she was actually there helping them paint and paste, put up yeah. the, paste the mural on the wall. That's so um, cool. I'm like, I just, I text her. I'm like, I am so proud that you are one of the ones that are there for us. I mean, she's the leader of the DC project. She mm-hmm. is a massive competition shooter. We've had her on the show before. Uh, she actually yeah. was one of our guests at NRA. I think it was at the NRA convention that yeah, Diana the, came yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, go back and listen to Diana's episode. It's, it's several back. We did this back in April. But uh, Diana was a fantastic guest, but she really represents this community very well. She represents women very well. She's very well spoken. So I was extremely yeah, proud. So passionate about the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. Very passionate about the Second Amendment. So I was, I was just so proud of this entire project. I was proud to be a part of it. And uh, what did you focus on in your interview? I haven't heard yourself. I couldn't find. I couldn't find Emily yet, and I need to just type your name in, and I can go listen to your interview. I know, Amy. How dare you? You're the second person I listen to besides myself. <laughs> I I got so caught up just going down that featured story list. Yeah. And then I and I was looking for you and I'm like, where is Emily? And then that was before I knew that you could just type people's name in with oh, the dash. Oh, I didn't even know you could just do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I figured that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm going to listen. But give me a little preview. What I did really you just focus on? About, um, you know, why I felt it was important for me to start Stomach Tactical and just my belief in women being able to defend themselves and why I choose to defend myself with a firearm. I mean, I think, you know, everyone, everyone knows that listens to us, you know, we repeatedly talk about just, just that being self-reliant and finding some way to defend yourself. And, And for me, that my, for me, that ultimate tool is the firearm. And that's the one that I chose to use. It's not for everyone and that's totally okay. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I just wanted to speak my mind regarding that and just women being able to do something for themselves, for their safety to just not let themselves be a victim and, and to protect themselves in some way. And then, and, and sort of in that same regard that time is doing with this, peace and having, wanting to start a conversation. I mean, that's really all it is. I mean, that's one of my, you know, core missions of SMT is like, I just want you to start a conversation with yourself. Just get your, get, get your head in that, in that mindset of just start thinking, well, what am I going to do if something were to happen? Like, sure. And, and I think that's what we all need to continue to do in all aspects of our lives. But I think in the second amendment world and the way that, you know, guns are, are becoming, so divisive, divisive within relationships and friendships and things like that. It's more important to keep that conversation what, going. What I noticed a lot was that a lot of people that were listening or engaging in this conversation, especially from the Time Magazine side, so the people who were involved, um, either they were doing the audio recordings or they were the, the production assistants or they were the ones that were basically just organizing this entire feat that they had to do, They a lot of them were were, were making this distinction between like, in their minds, they separate guns and the Second Amendment. 
and which I, I, I found very fascinating because not a single person that I talked to would be like, well, no, I don't believe that you have a right to defend yourself and protect yourself. And sure, the Second Amendment gives us that right, but the gun is bad. You know, like they honestly, like they were separating the two. And, and so that was an interesting perspective. And that was one of the conversations that I got into with the audio guy after my interview, because we, one of the things that I had said was, you know, as a woman, I deal with things that you as a man are never going to have to deal with. I think very differently every day when I leave my house, because if I am faced with a situation and a threat, that guy, the man is going to be bigger and stronger than me. Mm -hmm. He's going to be faster than me. I don't have an option to survive if I don't have something that puts me on an equal playing field with him. And he was like, I've just never thought about it that way before. And I was like, no, you don't think about it because you're a dude. You don't have to, right. And you don't have to. And he was like, actually, you know, that's really funny that you say that because one time I dressed up as a woman for Halloween and he was like, I got a lot of cat calls. And he was like, on one side of it, I was like, yeah, (laughs) people think I look hot. And then on the other side, he was like, whoa, women have to deal with this. And he was like, people would grab my butt as I would walk by and give me unwanted. (laughs) you know, he goes, and then I would turn around and had a full beard and they'd be like, oops. (laughs) And so, yeah. And so he was like, so I do kind of get it on, on that level. And he said, and then I think about my girlfriend, she's five, two, she walks to her yoga studio every single day. And I'm like, a five two woman. What is she going to do? Right. If someone wants to mug her, if someone wants to assault her, attack her, whatever it is, what is she going to do? And it just kind of was really nice to have these open, honest conversations to where, you know, again, the light bulb kind of can go on and I don't think I'll ever bring him over to my way of thinking. And that's not my goal. And it's not my responsibility to make you see things the way that I see things. I think it is our responsibility though, to just have the conversation with people, you know? So I think we both agree, like going into this, we didn't know what to expect, but it, it has turned out I think really well. And I know that there is in the print edition, there is an article that's associated with it and I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I think the one that is online that might be associated with it is a little bit more on the anti side a little bit, but I think the mo- my takeaway from, from that whole project and what they put out there is really the, the audio portions of everyone's story is, that's is where, awesome. Mm-hmm. That's where the impact is in that. And that's where the value is. In, in yeah. Well, please go check this article out. It, it supports the entire movement when they start to see that people are engaged in this, that this is something that's very important with people. Please share it on your pages. We would love for everybody to know that, that this is out, that this is what's going on, that this opportunity is there and available. And maybe it's going to give you the opportunity to have some hard conversations with friends or family members that you haven't been able to have the conversation about simply by bringing the time article with you. And, and right. saying, let's start this, maybe it will, it will make it easier for you to have that tough conversation with somebody. And so, so please go take a look at it. Um, listen to all of the stories, have those tough conversations, share it with as many people as you can. 
and show people that we can in this country actually have civil conversation and civil discourse. And, um, and let's just keep pushing this movement along. I'm, I'm really proud to be a part of it. You can catch it at time.com. They've got it all, a lot of people's stories on Time's Instagram page. We obviously, Emily posted about it on her Instagram. I have it on mine um, at the Amy Robbins and at Stami Tactical. So you, can get, you guys can go check all that out. We would love for you to share with as many people as possible. And then let us know if it opens up the doors for you to have a great yeah, conversation with somebody hear that please do please send us a story because i would love to hear um your perspective on all of this and they also and don't forget it's on it's going on tour so go to their website and you can see the interactive mural in person i think one of the other things i noticed they are doing is they're offering an opportunity for people to host the mural in their city to uh start the conversation as well. It's kind of like a, a little, that's form, cool. A little form that you can do to invite a group of people. So I don't know what the process is for doing that. I know you have to apply online, but I think it's a great, it's, it's a great opportunity if that, if that's something that you wanted to do. So, you know, t- go to time.com and check all that out. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for your time. We love getting on every single week and talking to you about issues that are important to you, important to us. If there's ever anything that you want us to talk about, please don't hesitate to shoot us a message at Not Your Average Gun Girls on Instagram. You can reach us on Facebook. You can uh, reach us at Stami Tactical, Alexa Athletica. You pretty much find us wherever you want to on social media these days. Uh, but please make sure that you've also subscribed. You can go to iTunes right now and subscribe. That way you get all the notifications and you know first when a new episode is uploaded. But we will see you guys next week. Same time, same place. See you later. See you guys. Thanks for listening. The Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast and its related companies, Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com, strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.